Genesis chapter 16. Let us now give our attention to the reading and the hearing of God's holy word. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was displeased in her eyes. And Sarai said unto Abram, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water, in the wilderness, by the fountain of the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where comest thou? whence cometh thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to my mistress, and submit thyself under her hand, under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, his hand will be against every man. And every man's hand against him, and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, that God seeth me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Berlahiroi, because it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. Well, we have been looking at the covenant under Abraham. The last few chapters we have seen God introducing to us through Moses the Abrahamic covenant. We saw last week the formation or the 
formal inauguration of that covenant with Abram. God had confirmed his promise, as we saw in chapter 15, to Abram and ratified his promise with a covenant. And so we see here in the Old Testament, this covenant with Abram is called a covenant of promise. As we saw there under the covenant with Adam, that covenant of beginning, that covenant of commencement, under Adam, the entire human race had fallen. And yet God promised that he would bring out of that human race a people for his own name's sake. The promise there in Genesis 3.15 continues through the Noahic covenant where God preserves a seed. It continues through the Abrahamic covenant where God promises that he will give a seed unto a thousand generations. But as God has promised to provide a spiritual seed, not a physical seed, not a natural seed, but it is that spiritual seed that comes from Abram that we continue to look at this morning. And as we come to this passage of Scripture, perhaps this is a little more difficult to us than the other chapters regarding the Abrahamic covenant. But as we come to this particular passage, we find here that this passage speaks about how Abram and his wife had conspired to go against God's covenant and create for themselves their own way. We don't see that on the surface here in chapter 16, but I think it's important to see that chapter 16 reminds us that God is the one who enters into covenant with man, that God is the one who sets the conditions of the covenant, not man. And yet here in chapter 16, we see Sarai and we see Abram who fail who turn against God's covenant and seek to create their own covenant. And so as we come to chapter 16, we see this prologue there in verse 1, where Sarai, Abram's wife, has no children. In fact, it says that the Lord had restrained her. In other words, she was not able to bear children. And of course, at this point in time, Sarai is an old woman. So most likely... Naturally, it would make sense that she would have no children. But again, even in the midst of this, and I, I want us to note here in the prologue, that the text says she has no children. And yet God had just told Abram that she will conceive, that your seed will be numerous as what? The sands on the sea. And so he promised that he would provide Abram a seed. Well, guess what? There's no seed. There's no descendants. And so Sarai, the wife of Abram, is barren. And yet she has a maid named Hagar. And in her own mind, she conspires to set up this scene where she gives her handmaid or her servant to Abram to have a child. Now, we want to make it perfectly clear, and scholars love passages like this, and skeptics love passages, because they'll immediately see, ah, so God condoned uh, polygamy. God condoned um, adultery. And that's exactly what takes place here. 
The text does not focus upon that, but clearly it was a sin for Sarai to give her husband to another woman to conceive a child. But here we see in verses 2 through 4 the human faithlessness of man. Here we see Sarai and Abram carry out their own plan to obtain blessing from God. They carried out their own plan and complicated matters with a conflict. And herein arises the conflict in verses 2 through 4. Sarai, in essence, blames the Lord that she is not barren. It's the Lord's fault I'm not barren. I have to do something about it. And you have to understand in that culture, it was not a good thing for a woman to be without child. And yet the Lord in his providence did not open her womb at this point. And so she begins to blame God for her barrenness. And then she instructs her husband, Abram, to take the maid as wife. Now, there are times when husbands need to listen to their wives. But there are times when husbands must not listen to their wives. And obviously this is a case in point. But what does Abram do? Abram obeys his wife, verses 2 through 3, and accepts Hagar from her. And so we see there in the text that Abram went into Hagar, verse 4. And as he went in, she she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, here's the conflict. Her mistress was despised in her eyes. Now this seems very odd to us that she would be uh, upset with Hagar. In fact, she was the one who arranged all of this. But the text tells us that she despised her. And so there's tension that rises here. Because Sarai immediately says to Abram in verse 5, My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid unto thee. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was displeased in her eyes. You can imagine what's taking place here between these two women. And so the tension arises. Sarai blames her husband for the tension. This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. It's that woman you gave me. So Sarai blames her husband for the tension between Hagar and herself and calls for judgment. There in verse 5, she says, I was despised in her eyes, but the Lord judge between me and thee. Then in verse 6, Abram says unto Sarai, Behold, thy maid is in thy hand. Do to her as thou pleaseth. And when Sarah, Sarai dealt hardly with her, or harshly, she fled from her presence. So Abram complies with his wife's wishes there in verse 6. Hagar flees, flees and is treated harshly. And so we see this plan concocted. But we see in verses 7 through 14... The divine faithfulness of God. 
Now we need to note this here because we miss this in the Abrahamic covenant. Because in the Abrahamic covenant, God promises to be faithful to a seed. God promises to be faithful to that spiritual seed which is in Christ. And yet here, both Abram and his wife are unfaithful. They try to do what God did not want them to do. They, they rebelled against him. But in the midst of all of this, we see the faithfulness of God. Wonderful lesson for us that even when we strive to do things our way, when we fail and sin, God is always faithful. And so in this faithfulness of God, the angel of the Lord finds Hagar in the wilderness. The angel instructs her to return to Sarai and promises to bless her with Ishmael and his descendants. Thus prompting Hagar to commemorate the place where God heard her affliction and saw her need. So there in verses 7 through <clears throat> 7 through 9 the angel of the Lord found her and instructed her to return. The angel found Hagar and interrogated her in verses 7 through 8. Then Hagar explained that she was fleeing from Sarai. But ironically the angel of the Lord instructs her to return to her mistress. Now this is all of God's doing. This is the faithfulness of God we see here. The angel of the Lord foretold Hagar's progeny through Ishmael, verses 10 through 11. This is an important thing to remember. Because even though the Lord blesses her, we see that in the blessing of that angel coming to Hagar, that the Lord raises up a seed through her son, who's named Ishmael. He promises there in verse 10 that he would give her a seed. I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. Isn't that almost verbatim to the, the promise that God gave to Abram? That he would give him a seed. And yet he calls him Ishmael because the Lord heard her affliction. But then we see in verse 12 that the angel predicts the destiny of her son's tribe. Notice verse 12. What kind of man will this Ishmael be? He will be a wild man. His hand will be against every man and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of his brethren. Here we see an indication of what kind of child she will have. Even before it was born, she was told that he would be a wild man, that people would be against him. And here it entails that there will be raised up a seed. And this seed 
of the Ishmaelites are the Arabs. And so this, even though God promises that she will have a seed, that the Lord will grant unto her a seed through Ishmael, it is the Arab race that become the descendants of this man. And it is that race that will live as uncivilized people. It will be that race who will be wanderers in the earth. It is that race that will be treacherous and will make war with other nations. And they will never be subdued. In our own day, we see some of that among the Arab nations. Tribes warring against one another. Civilized people who seek to subdue the earth. And yet in the midst of all of this, God gives her a seed and speaks unto her and says unto her, God seeth. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? So Hagar responds in faith, even though the generations that come from her will indeed be cursed by God. Hagar responds in faith to the Lord and the naming of that seed. And then finally we see in verses 15 through 16 that Hagar, the handmaid of Sarai, bore Ishmael to Abram when she was 86 years old. And that's not the end of the story. Because as we will see next time, the Lord does provide seed through Sarai. And then the Lord's promise indeed is fulfilled. But even in the midst of this conflict, even in the midst of, of what is a sinful plot, even on the part of Abram, who is called a man of faith, the Lord brings good out of that, as he often does, for his own purpose. But here we see again the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent that will be in conflict with one another. And yet God promises that he will preserve a faithful seed even unto a thousand generations. Oftentimes we seek our own solution to things without ever trusting in the Lord's goodness. But here we are reminded under this Abrahamic covenant that it is God who calls people to himself, that it is God alone who does that work of redemption by his own purpose. We are to give thanks unto God that even in the midst of human faithlessness, God is always faithful. And so let us sing to the glory of our God, Psalm 105a, O thank the Lord, and on his name call.